Hey, Shelly, do you remember the days of being in corporate talent acquisition? Oh, absolutely. Every time the phone rang, it was another staffing agency claiming to be innovative and different. I used to wonder when someone would truly elevate the industry. Well, hold on to your hat here because that's exactly what Van Hack has done. Shelly, picture this a closed community of pre verified tech talent ready to relocate to Canada with all the paperwork taken care of. Sounds too good to be true? Well, not anymore. Van Hack has made it a reality. They have built the community of skilled software developers eager to make the move, and they handle the entire immigration process. And that's not all. They're taking it up a notch. Companies with offshore development teams, listen up. Van Hack's introducing the Canadian Engineering Office. Move your entire dev team to Canada, and Van Hack handles all the nitty-gritty details of immigration and relocation. So can you imagine, Serge? The applause from your CIO if you were to walk into his office and bring this solution to the table. Shelly, every time I walk into an office, I get applause. But that's not all. (laughs) The best part is they've got certified immigration consultants on board who've done this countless times. They understand that every family situation is unique. Revolutionize the way you recruit, relocate, and retain talent because when it comes to innovation in the talent acquisition world, Van Hack is leading the charge. Get ready to be the hero of your company. Check out vanhack.com today. Welcome to the Recruitment Flex with Serge and Shelly. I'm Serge. And I'm Shelly. And we talk all things recruitment starting right now. Bonjour and welcome to the Recruitment Flex. Shelly, how are you? I am loving it. I think I've died and gone to heaven. (laughs) For people listening, we're at RecFest in Nashville, Tennessee, which feels like a second home, Shelly. Do you like Nashville? I love Nashville. Yeah. There's a real friendly vibe. It's a very safe city. It's very clean. Everyone seems to be so welcoming. We've had nothing but great hospitality since we've been here. Yeah, yeah. I was really impressed. Really great hospitality. Everyone's so nice, like you just said. And Broadway is always so much fun. It's what the kids call, it's just a vibe. It's just a vibe here in Nashville. And Wreckfest, we're in the last few hours of day two. And the energy just has not slowed down. It was amazing. Like some of the stages that we visited, some of the speakers, the attendance is incredible. Mm. Like packed houses to hear speakers talk about so many different topics. It's been really great because these are speakers who are practitioners. These are people living it every day and they're talking about their experience. And I know for me, that just fills my heart. Who has been your favorite speaker? I would have to say it was the speaker we saw this morning. Her name is Sally Affleby, and she's with Visa. Yes. And she is their head of global talent attraction. And what I really liked about what she had to say was she started out by making sure everybody understood that, yes, she's part of recruitment. Yes, she's part of talent acquisition. But she differentiated talent acquisition than other parts of recruitment. And it just all made such good sense. And what a resume she's got. Oh, my goodness. She worked for Nike. She worked for HP. And what I loved about what she had to say was that in each role, she was not expected to port 
her experience. In other words, take what you did at HP and now let's do it at Nike or vice versa. It was very much about building relationships inside the business. And that's something we've talked about, I think, from day one, is just understanding that this is about building relationships. Mm. So I was just like, what a round of applause, packed house. There was standing room only. It was amazing. Yeah. You know what? I've been following Sully on Twitter for around 10 years. And when I saw her, I'm like, that lady is so familiar. And uh, yeah, she did an amazing job. And, and this is what I love about this event. It's all practitioners. Uh, usually when you go to HR Tech or Unleash, you're, you're just in a swarm of vendors. True. Trying to sell to each other, it seems like, as here. It's real practitioners, all the boots and the people that are here. It's really a festival. Like you feel like you're at a music festival without music playing. It's just talent acquisition all day. I think my favorite speaker, there's a couple. Sully was amazing. I did like Adam Posner this morning talking about yeah. Web3 recruitment. I know what Web3 is, but really putting in context of the opportunities. And as you know, in this space, there has been so many layoffs and for a lot of people saying corporate recruitment, they start their own staffing agency and they go with what's comfortable. Why not try to find a niche that you're one of the first big players? And that's what Adam has done, right? Like his story, mm -hmm. started his own business. He found the niche, really dug in deep, became an expert in that niche. So anything in Web3 crypto, he is the guy. So I thought that was really good, a practitioner doing that. Our friend, the realist recruiter, Joel Lalji, did an amazing job, packed house yesterday, yes. talking about leveraging TikTok for recruitment. I, I think he went really in-depth, so that was good. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, we were on the Chad and Cheese stage where we had the opportunity to interview Ilya Brodsky from our friends at VanHack. That was an amazing experience. And Shelly, I got to call out Chad and Cheese. Those guys have been so phenomenal with us from the start. Chad and Joel, they always involve us in all the events. We feel a little bit tag along sometimes. Guys, if you're listening, uh, we appreciate it. And we appreciate you inviting us to all these different events. So to give you an idea, we've been maybe drinking a little too much or that's just me. So we had the first night when we got here, we went to a great party hosted by our other friends at Plum and also Aaron, who mm -hmm. I think was a co-sponsor, was a Chad and Cheese event. What fun. Uh, Jason Putnam from Plum kept feeding me drinks all night. <laughs> okay, so if, if we're going to tell the truth here, <laughs> when I saw that the surge was downing his eighth rum and coke, I'm like, uh, we're leaving now because we got to get up early. Yeah, and we walked all the way back to where all, we were staying. All the way back. It's well, it's no, literally listen. twelve minutes a walk. Uh, for for someone who walks as fast as surge, it's twelve minutes. <laughs> but I was huffing and puffing. So I definitely got my steps in. Thank you That's very good. much. Because I, I think I did more walking other than being on vacation. It's the only other time I do that much walking. But I agree. Chad and Cheese have been so incredibly generous with sharing the stage with us, introducing us, giving us an opportunity to be known, introducing us to people, making sure we're invited to all the right events. I'm just like, wow, who does that? I Who know. Does that? Yeah, I know. It's, it's fantastic. Such really quality people. The other thing I want to call out a great event last night by Humanly. Humanly did host a wonderful event, just first class. What I liked about their event, it was rooftop, but they didn't have a band. So you got a chance to yes. meet people, have great conversations, to really get to know people because you weren't having to yell. 
over the music. Yes. And it was right off Broadway. It was at a great little location. It really was fun. It really was. Yeah. And really interesting. First of all, I met a lady at this event that her husband is from Memorand Cook, New Brunswick, which is a tiny town that I grew up. Like literally, it's a town of 2,000 people. What are those odds? Oh, then yeah. me and Shelly are walking <laughs> back and I'm telling a story about Moncton, New Brunswick and a guy in front of us whips around and whips he goes, around. did you just say Moncton, New Brunswick? <laughs> and, <laughs> and he was from Sackville, New Brunswick, which is literally five minutes away from Memorand Cook. And we're in Nashville, Tennessee. So it's just weird coincidence. But uh, that was fantastic. I have a picture of you and James Ellis, and it's the, my favorite Aww, picture right? because you guys are so happy in the picture. It feels like, I don't know how to describe, but so excited to meet each other. That's what life. the picture looks like. It looks like you see that, like it really shines through. So meeting James Ellis in person, phenomenal. Meeting Elena Valentine, who we haven't had on the show for a long time. But still, if I go mm -hmm. back in the history of the show, Elena Valentine is probably one of my favorite guests. We got to hang out with Omar from Job Pixel. What a guy. He's, so he's a character nice. in itself. Oh, he's the goodness. nicest guy too, right? He really is another, just a class act. And speaking he, of class acts, if I'm going to do a shout out, let me tell you, there's only one man for me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I, I think it's, it's no longer a secret that I have a celebrity crush on, no, not Ryan Reynolds, but yes, Jason Putnam. Just the classiest guy. I think they're the talk of the show. Yes. For Wreckfest. Everybody is talking about Plum.io. Because they were second last on day one on the Disrupt stage. And unlike everyone else, they played Swipe Right, HR's match game. And so they had a bachelorette and then they had three bachelors. And she asked them questions. But it was a play on her being a chief human resource officer looking to buy software. And oh my God, it brought down the house. It was standing room only. And of course, Jason was playing the bachelor that everybody would want to do business with. And I was just melting. I tell you. So were they, though. It was really hot by that time. <laughs> yeah. In but the I, tent. yeah. Can I say, though, so there was three bachelors, Stephen Maps, who is at Plum, Roger Downey, Plum, and then there was Jason Putnam. Stephen Maps is a star. He stole that show. He was so... <laughs> Good. He played the sleazebag. The sleazebag. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, he played a sleazebag. He played it really good. Roger played the old school from technology oh, yeah. wearing khakis. And a really and bad rug. <laughs> it was so funny. Oh, my goodness. I just, I hope they recorded it because, man, if they could play that back. They did. We also, we spent a lot of time with Chris Russell. Yes. We love Chris Russell at Rec Tech. He's always a good time. That sounded, <laughs> he's always a good time. <laughs> Chris Russell, you're a good time. He was. Anyone else you met? Torn Ellis. Finally met Torn Ellis face to face. That was fantastic. Stephen I, I O'Donnell. Stephen O'Donnell. Uh, TA Tech. Yes. We spent some really good quality time with him. And of course, there were celebrity sightings. A picture of Serge with Hung Lee. Yeah. And Tim Sackett is here. Yeah. But he has been, I think he sat down to do a recording with Chris Dunn. And I heard there was a lineup. Of yeah. people just watching them record. Like they were surrounded. Yes. So, yes, some local celebrity sightings for sure. So if we didn't mention you, we're really happy to meet you. So <laughs> I know there's a lot of people. Everyone in the recruitment community seems to be here. But again, what the cool thing is, it's not those folks. It's the practitioners coming here and getting 
really good insights because all the speakers that I've listened to have been fantastic. Mm -hmm. So next year, if there is a rec fest in the U.S., maybe in Canada, you never know. If you're a practitioner listening, you can't miss this event. It's so much fun. Absolutely. When we talk about the three different stages, which is this is first year in the U.S., RecFest in Europe has 10 stages and it's one day. It's almost you're having to sacrifice seeing one speaker for another because there's so much going on. I actually like the fact that there's three stages. Their app is super easy to use to figure out which speaker you want to go to. And unlike RecFest in the UK, I mean, you literally would have to hoof like a kilometer across the oh, really? yes, to okay. get to your other stages. With just the three stages here, you really got a good chance to see the speakers. Lots of talk here. I don't know about you, Serge, but I think if somebody says AI one more time and then doesn't talk about AI, <laughs> I mean, honestly, there had to have been five or six presentations that were supposed to be about AI. But when I sat there, I'm like, are you going to talk about AI? Because all you've talked about here is chatbots, automation. That's not AI. I don't know. So, Shelly, what we're hearing is CEOs are going down to the marketing departments, they're going down to the HR departments, they're going everywhere. It's like, how are you leveraging AI? And practitioners, TA leaders, HR leaders need to go back. It's like, oh, well, we're talking to this company about AI. So TA tech, HR tech companies are very well aware that they need to use the word AI. But most of what we're seeing even to this day is not really AI or very rudimentary AI, like a chat GPT plugin to me is not AI. Not surprising that AI has been a big topic of conversation. Mm -hmm. Anything else as far as that you've seen that we're talking, we're not talking about? There is still much talk about DE&I. I know here on day two, we've got uh, Torin Ellis hosting the Inspire stage. And he's got guest after guest talking about DE&I and what organizations are doing. And uh, it's also been very popular. I think a lot of people are here to understand that DE&I is not something we can just let slip away. Yeah, no, it's, there's a whole stage dedicated to it. And just insights that I've gotten, it's like there's been a lot more hesitation from a lot of leaders, a lot of CEOs talking about DE&I because it's been politicized so much here in the U.S., right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the reasons that, hey, maybe there is a little bit of a pullback. But I think we all agree, and I think all the practitioners agree, is everyone has to step up their game. This is now, this is the future Hiring a very diverse talent workforce is absolutely critical. And I heard that from so many people. Yeah. And and it's, it's good to hear from the practitioners itself. It is. And honestly, I think our interview yesterday with Elia from VanHack, uh, without having to even say it, diversity hiring is exactly what his organization does. Mm. And we had the opportunity to interview another Canadian tech firm, the CEO from JobGet came on the stage and talked about his experience of hiring from all kinds of countries and bringing them to Vancouver. And it has been a huge success for him. Huge. I even asked him, like, how do you integrate all of those different cultures? And he said, the amazing thing is because they've all made that decision in their lives to move to another country, it unified them regardless of where they were from. And it's just created an incredible team for him. That's the greatest testimony to diversity. 
His name was Tony Liu, L-I-U. He was a great guy. And also, there's a bunch of Canadians here, so that was pretty cool. Do want to jump into a little bit of news. And yesterday, we took an Uber to get to this event. And a gentleman from Turkey is a cybersecurity analyst, and he's lost his job. Yeah. Which we were surprised, right? Like yeah. when it's like cybersecurity and you've been laid up, that seems a little off to me because everything we hear is cybersecurity is one of the most in-demand roles, right? But then I found an article that talked about how much cybersecurity is, see- is seeing layoff. In the last month, nine cybersecurity companies have laid off employees. So there's Ironet, Malwarebytes, Fortinet, NCC Group, Rapid7, Dragos, HackerOne, and Bishop Fox are all among the companies that have laid off. What, what's going on? You would think cybersecurity is, especially with AI, with everything, I, I wouldn't think that cybersecurity is a type of role that would get laid off at all. Exactly. And even in Adam Posner's presentation this morning, he listed off the, I think it was the five most in-demand skill sets, and cybersecurity was up there. Yeah. Yeah. So we were very surprised. I don't think he's going to be driving Uber much longer. It was a stopgap. <laughs> he was just delightful. And so, of course, we're trying to talk him into moving his entire family to Canada <laughs> because uh, he also speaks French. He's got wonderful education and some great experience, and he's driving an Uber. Let's jump into a couple of insights. I have an article here that talks about the great loom. Employees seem unhappier than ever. And guess what, Shelly? This Mm. really resonated with all the recruiters and practitioners and leaders that I met today. People are not quitting as much. There's still a retention issue across the board, but people are generally unhappy. And I think we can guess some of the reasons why, but what's your thoughts there? I don't know if this is really that big of news, (laughs) because I think if we go back to any point in history, most employees are unhappy. Honestly, do people really want to work for a living? We had a taste of remote work. We've had being brought back to the office. We've had this hiring boom and then it went bust. And so people are staying put reluctantly is what I'm hearing. However, I think if people have good opportunity put in front of them, they will make a move. It's a little more cautionary than we would normally see in September. Yeah, no, I agree. And I'll go through some of the stats here. So overall, the satisfaction scores fell 11% from June 2022 to June 2023, declining nearly 15 times faster than the previous two years combined. Shelley, what has happened in the last year that could be causing this? 2022 was a boom year. So that doesn't surprise me. Well, I have a more obvious one. Oh, I, here is, is here's my thoughts. What? Return to office. Companies now have the upper hand. I won't spend a lot of time on this because we've been into debt, but that is the big thing that's changed. Remote first companies have practically disappeared. Hybrid has come in play, but hybrid is disappearing. So we talked about a couple of oil and gas companies that are mandating employees to come back in the office full time. Probably the biggest company in Canada. Suncor sent out an email to their employees that they are becoming, again, an office-centric organization with nothing else. That's all they sent to their employees. We are going to be focused on being office-centric. No details of what that means. Like, I got to say, what a bad way of management. So now you have all these employees being like, what the hell is going on, right? 
you didn't want to say it last time, but I'm going to say it for you. Collusion. Like all these CEOs of oil and gas companies are like, hey, we want everyone back in the office. We have tons of real estate here in downtown Calgary. And this is the same for the banks in Toronto. It's the same everywhere. We're going to get our employees all back in the office full time. Serge, I think that is a little bit of tunnel vision. Because what we're failing to account for is a company like Suncor, maybe one quarter of their workforce is office-based. Their employees are by and large in the field. I would imagine it's causing unrest and division inside the organization. And that may be the reason, collusion, maybe not, but it could be that when you're looking for operators or people to work in the field and they are saying, you know what, this isn't fair. Just because I do a job that can't be done at a desk, we should all be treated the same, especially in the energy sector. <laughs> because I think you underestimate how many jobs within the entire organization are office-based. Yes, Shelly, I don't disagree. My brother works yes, for sir. a company and he's said that to me before, right? Yeah, but trying to keep the peace. I don't you think know, they're trying to if, keep the peace. If, I, if they're, if they're this is more real estate driven than it is uh, keeping the peace. This is a control driven. If a machinist could do his job at home, they would do it, right? Well, they uh, they're field workers. You know what? When the market shifts and they can't recruit people. But I think there's more to it. I do. When we talk about candidate attraction as recruiters, we need to understand where there is unrest. And that was another really interesting topic. When you are looking for talent, you can't look at the obvious. And again, I'm going to go back to the presentation that Sally did from Visa. And she talked about the fact that if you are a newbie to the industry, you would automatically think that MasterCard or Discovery Card is a competitor to Visa. She said, in fact, they are not competitors. Their competitors are companies like Apple and other technology companies. That's important to keep in mind that there are so many different industries that are after your people. And so if all you're doing is going to who you think is your competitor to find your candidates, uh, we need to open up our thinking. Knowing there's unrest is a great opportunity because taking somebody from a Suncor because they have developers, they have technology people, they have HR people. And that's where you start looking. But going back to what the original news item here was. But I'm saying that's not news. It's yeah. not. People are always fucking unhappy. The data shows that no, they're, they're more unhappy than happy. Okay, so we've got to erase the last two years then. You can't look at 22 or 21. Like we were still all shell-shocked from coming out of being in lockdown. If they were to say that this is significant based on 2018, maybe they got something there. And, and we've talked about this. These waves go in and out yes, so quickly, right? If we had talked a year ago and being like, hey, this is going to be an employer market in 2023 instead of an employee market, you would have been like, probably not. Eh, I know we thought it would last forever. No, yeah, <laughs> no. But it's going to flip again. Is it a year from now, two years from now? The great resonation is going to be a blip on the radar compared to what we're going to see because all these companies that we're talking about employee satisfaction, caring about them, and suddenly they have the power, they flip the switch again. Those days of employees being loyal have been long dead. 
the great resignation will be double the amount that it was in 2022 at the start. Anyway, so let's move on. There's a couple of other items in our discussions with different practitioners. And one of the questions that I asked them is like, where are your candidates coming from? And at Recfest, did you notice most are healthcare? There's a lot of recruiters in healthcare and you feel, okay, this has got to be maybe an American thing, but obviously the big healthcare companies in Canada, their government, they recruit a lot, but you don't see them. You don't, you rarely hear from them. But here, there's so many companies that do healthcare recruitment and they're all struggling mightily. What they're getting from different candidate feedback is you're still not paying enough. You're still not giving us a work environment. So we're not getting back in healthcare. What's your thoughts on overall healthcare recruitment? And how do we get, especially nurses, right? Like doctors have not left. Like doctors have not quit. They maybe moved somewhere else or maybe they've gone, but they have not quit. Nurses have quit the industry completely. And I heard that from four different recruiters saying nurses have quit and we can't convince them to come back. So your thoughts there? I think the other thing I've heard is if, if you knew the answer to that, you'd be a gazillionaire. <laughs> yes. You would be a gazillionaire because everyone is trying to solve the healthcare issue. And I don't know, pay them well, treat them well, and train them well. Always been my motto. I think in any industry sector, when you have a shortage of skills, because this is truly a labor shortage because the skills are out there, they're just choosing to move into a different industry. I really feel for them. I know they're looking at, and that's why they're here, is to see, is there any inspiration coming from other industries? Yeah, you're probably right. And I going back to, I think as the labor market shifts and it's hard to find jobs in other sectors, which some are probably starting to feel that already, yeah. they're eventually going to come back. Is everyone's hope? Maybe not, but... Mm -hmm. And we've seen the same with teachers, right? Teachers and nurses left their industry in massive numbers in the last couple of years. And eventually they're going to have to come back or we're going to be in a even deeper trouble because if we look in Canada... The amount of teachers that are graduating or with degrees that they can be teachers is around 10 times less than it was 10 years ago. Wow. We have a lot less teachers coming through the ranks through the system than we did. I, I don't know. Maybe these are things that I'm very concerned about being a parent of young children. I want to make sure they get the best education. And I don't know if that's going to be a major issue, but it's one of those things like how do we bring the passion back? How do we create work environments that they want to do this again. Mm -hmm. That reignites that passion, that fire that they had when they went into those types of roles. So changing topics just a bit before we close off here, I just want to share with you a conversation I had yesterday. Paradox brought on their client, Compass Group. Yes. And they have 33 different brands and serve over 11 million meals a day around the world. So they're recruiting high volume roles for food service. But I had a chance to speak with their head of talent acquisition for their salaried roles. And what I thought was interesting was I asked her to talk to me about implementing one-way video interviews. And, and these are for salaried roles. I was very curious because she was quoting up on stage that their engagement with candidates and quality of candidates actually increased. And I'm like, wait a minute, tell me more about this. And here's the secret sauce. And it was so brilliant. 
She said when candidates have applied and they've got the easy apply, no friction, they've got all the branding. And this was a five-year journey for them. This was not something that they just flipped on and big success over the last year. No, this was a five-year relationship with Paradox. And she talked about the struggles with their applicant tracking system and they use SAP and they can't get away from it. So they did develop some easier ways to make it more engaging for candidates, but it freed up so much time for their recruiters. And I'm like, what do you mean it frees up time for recruiters? She said, what they do is they have this screening process on the front end and the recruiters do a five minute call with someone that is on the long list and explain to them how they use the videos. Where they've saved time is recruiters are no longer scheduling with hiring managers. They prep the candidate for the one-way video interview, explain to them who's going to watch this video, what is their role in the hiring process. And if you would do this one-way video interview, it is going to shorten your time as well as a candidate. And I was like, oh my gosh, I feel myself crossing the street here because I'm like, that is brilliant. That's the missing element. And that is where one-way video interviews will save time. If you as a candidate know that I'm not going to be dragged in six times, take time off my current job, like what could be anywhere from six to 20 hours for a job you may not even get. When, if you can put, if you understand the context, you do this uh, video, you can prepare yourself and you understand that it's going to be shown to six different hiring leaders. And I went, okay, I get it. So I just want to share that with you. Not that I've changed my mind on one-way video interviews, but for the first time, somebody explained to me how it has saved recruiters a tremendous amount of time. Do they get every candidate? No, no, no. no. These are individuals who have made the long list. Okay. And the long list would take it down from 50 people to probably six or seven. Okay. And, and they've done whatever process they had to go through to get to that long list. Mm. And so the recruiter is now spending five minutes on the phone, prepping the candidate, then has the hiring leaders watch the video interview, and then a select few interview. Wow. Okay. I, I think one of the things that really has stood out for me here, and I think it's a big difference between Canada and the U.S., is how many hires are being done, right? Mm -hmm. We have companies in Canada, don't get me wrong, that hire thousands and thousands of people. Like we're talking to companies that are hiring like 20, 30,000 employees, a thousand, and they have a thousand jobs at a time. And it's everyone. It's not like in Canada, you'll talk to one out of like a hundred mm -hmm. companies that does any type of volume hiring of that size. So it's been forced that they need to be a lot more efficient here yeah. than what we've seen in Canada, right? Like we've been slower to adopt some of the things. And I'm going to counter what Chad said on his podcast, Chad and Cheese, that Canada's not innovative. Part of her solution is the volume's just not there when it comes to recruiting, right? Yeah. To step up yeah. to the next level. Really good point. I think they have to try everything. So to give you an idea of efficiency, that Compass, after they implemented the Paradox solution, their recruiters, they have a team of 20 recruiters in their high volume side of the business. Do you know how many each of those recruiters will be in, responsible for? 5,000. A year. Her recruiter. Oh. Now, if you don't have technology, there is no way. No. No, but that's the sort of volume. And there's a team of 20. 
And each of them does about 5,000 a year. Wow. That is efficiency. That's technology. That is like McDonald's level, right? And Compass Group is that big. And Paradox, they were very gracious. It was not a sales pitch. That's the other thing I've really liked about Wreckfest. No sales pitches. We did see a couple. Yeah, but it and was, the room was nearly empty. Yeah, yeah, it, it yeah. stood out when it People was. Didn't no, yeah. yeah, no, that's one of the things. So, one last thing before we go, really quickly. So, we've talked about talent.com layoffs. Uh, we've thrown out numbers. We do not have any confirmation. So, without confirmation, confirmation, there's going to be rumors, and the rumors at Wreckfest from recruiters or people in the industry is potentially the last layoff was 40%. I don't believe that number, I think. Wow. I can't see it being 40% of 18% of the last times. The mat just doesn't add up that they'd be laying off that much. But I, I guess until Talent.com confirms it. Or makes a statement, yeah. Makes a statement. We're... That was a pretty reliable source, though. Uh, it, that person was pretty certain that she was speaking directly from the source. I've heard from a direct source that it was around 40%. So wow. talent.com, okay. if you're listening, you're being talked about. There's rumors out there. We don't Control know. Control the conversation. Control the conversation because yes. it's rampant here at Wreckfest yeah. that uh, the layoffs were way bigger than what we've seen. Shelly, on that note, we are going to a booze cruise tonight. And thank you. Heck a job for inviting us we're excited to go yes. and it's a tiny little boat only 35 people are allowed on the boat yes or something like that we are very fortunate to be invited thank you very much hack a job it's going to be a blast with hattie b's chicken and jack daniels jack so, daniels we're in tennessee we're an hour away from the jack daniels distillery yep so i guess we'll have to do tonight uh, a little bit of jack daniels and jack so- and coke here we come. Jack and Coke. I might feel like garbage Aww. tomorrow. So, yeah. everyone, thank you so much for listening. Au revoir. Shelly, let's face it. Texting candidates is the easiest way to hire quicker today. But your cell phone doesn't connect to your ATS. You're sharing your personal number with strangers. That's pretty scary, right, Shelly? And it's mm. not even legally compliant. Mm, this is where our friends at Rectex come in. They've created simple yet powerful text recruiting software that works with your ATS. Plus, it's designed by recruiters for recruiters. So you know it works. To learn more and book a demo, visit www.rectxt.com. Mention the Recruitment Flex and get 10% off annual plans. What was it like to be there for historical sports moments and unforgettable performances? To be behind the scenes? On PressBox Access, you'll hear from me, Todd Jones, and other sports writers about their experiences with the greatest athletes, coaches, and sports events of the past half century. We'll share some stories behind the stories, some big, some small, and some we've only told each other. Let us buy you around on PressBox Access. 